Hey guys, welcome to the Cup of Nurses podcast with your hosts, Peter Fendero and myself, Matt Slarchik. This is a podcast where we tackle hot nursing topics, one conversation at a time. And today we'd like to let you guys know about our affiliate that we did. We partnered up with Whoop and we're proud to have them as a affiliate with the podcast. So can you tell us a little bit about that, Peter? Sure. I mean, I personally have been using Whoop for probably a solid two months now, maybe even approaching three and it's awesome. Um, so basically like whoop, whoop transforms how individuals understand their bodies. Whoop is the only 24 seven wearable technology that measures the everyday stressors, both inside and outside of work and training. Whoop measures physiological data related to sleep, which includes your quality, the duration and your consistency. Also measures strain, your internal load from external stressors. And then also it checks up on your recovery, which is your readiness to perform. Whoop uses these three key metrics to call areas of improvement and reinforce positive habits. Like I've basically like for, for whoop before I wake up, I kind of get into the mindset of how do I feel? How do I think I slept? Cause my sleeping schedule ranges from four hours to eight hours to the occasional 12 hours that somehow I just like pass out and just wake up 12 hours later. But like I kind of gauge my myself on how I feel. So like on a scale of zero to hundred percent, you know, hundred percent, I probably feel hundred percent maybe once in a while. I don't always feel 100%, but I kind of give myself a number. And that is actually a pretty close to whatever a whoop pulls out of my sleep, which is, which is pretty amazing. Like in the beginning, it was kind of iffy because it has to calibrate to, to like your body and then your heart rate and just how you, how you do stuff and how, to, how you react to things. But after you wear it for like, I'll probably say a solid two, two or three weeks, it's actually pretty accurate, man. Yeah, I've, I've had it since January, so it's been over five months. And I find it very accurate where – you know, they say it reinforces positive habits. And one of them was sleep that I really needed. And that helped me recalibrate. And you're right. Like if you had a lot of strain the day before and a lot of physical activity, when you, when you wake up and you feel sore, you're like, okay, Hey, I'm not fully recovered. And it correlates with whatever the band shows you. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And we'll talk about it more. Yeah. Go ahead. And in today's episode, we wanted to tell you guys the life outside of scrubs. You know, we're two male nurses and we don't always, you know, work night shift. We're not always picking up shifts. We don't always just do OT. We, you know, we do things outside of the hospital and we're, and we're willing to share with you guys our habits and routines and things that we do. So this is more of a nonchalant episode that me and Peter will kind of share and talk about. Yeah. Like personally, when I first started being a nurse, I used to pick up a lot of overtime. I used to like live in the hospital for the most part. Then I kind of went to burnout and now I don't really, well, before COVID, I wouldn't pick up very often. Now, now I pick up, I try to pick up like once per pay period. So like once every two to three weeks, I try to pick up just because, you know, you got a little bit of higher incentive. Before COVID, we didn't really have much of an incentive to pick up. It's just besides, besides getting like your regular overtime rate. But now you get an overtime rate plus a little extra if you help out on the COVID units, which it's a nice little incentive to, to pick up. But normally, like I usually wouldn't pick up. Like, I'm, I'm serious. Like it's just like that one extra day, even though it, it's fourth, your fourth shift, which doesn't seem like a lot. Like, hey, you worked four days out of the week. That's not too bad. But it literally drains. It literally drains you. And then it makes your week feel so much shorter. You are right. And that's what I'm actually going through right now is like, for example, this week I want to pick up a shift, right? But I, this is my, this has been my work schedule for the past like week, basically. I've worked three shifts. I was off one, back for two, off one. And now potentially I'll be back for, I'm back tonight but I'd be back for another two. It's like, I haven't had a solid day off a full day off in a very long time. And it, it catches up. It's exhausting. And outside of like life, everything that we do and everything that I want to do for myself, I, I just feel like I'm chasing time always. And that's the thing about picking up 12s, you know, it's like people think that we just work three days a week and we have four days off and we have all this time in the world. But really like sometimes we're just catching up on our recovery. And, you know, like you, you, you work a 12 hour shift, you might sleep in a little bit. I know you're big on waking up early and trying to, you know, get a workout in and like sleep four or five hours. If you do your stretch, I've done it, but I do feel it the next day. Like it, it catches up with you, man. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Like if I, cause I don't know how, how you do it or how majority people do it, but I still work out even though I do like a three in a row or four in a row. So like me going to work and working out, and that's usually my workouts like minimum of one hour. Usually it's like an hour and a half to two hours, depending on what I'm doing and depending on how quickly we get through it. 
But I literally work out every morning when I come out of work. And then guess what? I go to sleep, eat, make my lunch, and then I go back to work. It's, it's like, a, like a cycle. So like during a three-day sh- or a, during a three-workday stretch or three-night of, of work that I do, plus working out, like that day when I'm off, coming out of my third in a row, is like I'm exhausted. Like, like that day, usually I just devote to myself because like I'm mentally broken down because of all the things I had to do at work. And I'm physically broken down because I just worked out for three days and I just got out of the gym, you know, a couple hours ago because I still work out when, when I get off of work on a third day. So like I'm, I'm drained. So usually I devote that, that day to, to like myself, like physically, I feel like physically I got to take on more strain than the, the mentally. I feel like I get tired more from, from mental strain than I do physically. You know, I someone, I don't know how, how you feel, but I'm, I'm the same way. Like I could physically work out every day w- without a break if I wanted to, but for me to do mentally challenging tasks for five, six days in a row, that's a lot harder for me to do. I agree with you. So, and also because you know how I say I'm an empath, whatever, and I pick up people's energies when I'm at work, that shit freaking exhausts me, man, because I'm dealing with so many, you know, we talk about it all the time, you know, physicians, doctors, we have nurses, we have the patients, um, less family now, but we're still having dynamics where we're calling them over the phone. You're dealing with a pharmacist then you're calling lab. You're having all these people that you're interacting with and mentally, yeah, it is exhausting, man. And you, you will feel it. Like you need a recovery mentally from work. Mm. And when it comes to like working out, aside from the science, there's just something in working out and being active where if you don't do it, you feel sluggish. Mm-hmm. If I go on a run or I go do my 30 minute workout, there's just something that just, you feel sharp mentally and you feel good. You feel like you're ready to take on the day. And I do need exercise all the damn time. It's like a, it's like a boost of energy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like on my days off where, you know, like if I took a high, high load of work an hour, if I haven't taken a break in like, like a week, I try to take a break. And if, even on those days I'm tired, like I still feel less, less accomplished no matter what I do. Just because I haven't worked out. Like, I just don't feel like myself without, if I miss a day working out. It's, it's weird. It's, weird how, it's really weird how that works. Like, your body knows it has to recover. It needs a break. Your body needs a break. But yet, you still feel like it misses something because you didn't hit the gym. And that's a very good point because look what happened with COVID, right? We, you had a routine of working out. I mean, I didn't go to the gym prior to that still because I was doing the whole jiu-jitsu thing. But you took a leap from working out at the gym literally every single day and then you took like a little hiatus and you had to recover, right? Mm-hmm. And how was your mental well-being during that time? You probably felt like shit. You felt out of place. Oh, hell yeah. Like I didn't know like from my ass to my mouth at, at that point for, that, for a solid two weeks up until we <laughs> found a gym at my buddy's cousin's place. Because yeah, like my, my days were literally evolved around the gym. That was like, especially when I was off of work. Because at least when I was working, I, you know, I had that 12 hours of me having to do something compared to, you know, having a day off where I would just work out and kind of plan my, my day that way. So the, the hardest thing for me was on my off days. So like, cause like I said, my days revolved around my gym. So I'd wake up in the morning, usually like eight o'clock, seven o'clock. I was in the gym by eight thirty latest, nine o'clock, depending on which location I went to because they have different opening times. But I would literally be in the gym for a solid three hours. I would work out and I would literally plan out my day in the gym I would hit the, hit the steam room or sauna as well as I would go into the pool. But the reason why I didn't work out for that sh- straight three hours, like there, there were some breaks in between where I was like on my phone, like planning out things I, got, things I have to do, making phone calls, texting people, talking to people. So it was like a process. And me coming out of the gym was another level to getting my day started because I already planned it out at the gym. That's you know? actually very quiet. Like because I made, my, I made my time efficient where, because like usually when I, when I lift, my main weakness to my lifting is because I don't take enough time in between sets or, or, or reps. That's, that's, that's my thing. And then I get fatigued quickly. So what I would do to make sure that I would rest enough, I would look at the time and I'll give myself at least like two or three minutes. And while those two or three minutes, just to make sure I don't get bored, I would be doing stuff on my phone, planning out my day. And I'll plan it with little increments. Like every three minutes I would, you know, I have every set, I would have three minutes of time to, to plan for something. And it would move on. And then I would plan my, literally my whole day at the fucking gym. That's actually pretty solid. You weren't on social media during that time, right? Because that's a rabbit hole where you start scrolling and you, you, you start forgetting what you're supposed to do because you get so sucked into the damn well, app. Well, occasionally, like I would, I would do it. Let's say if I'm probably doing like my five by fives and I'm trying to hit like a, like a new, new weight, you know, for my next, next five. And 
some of that, like I said, like I wouldn't take enough time in between because you're going heavy, you know? So if you're going to go heavy, you need to take a little fucking break because like, because five by five is considered like a, like a power lifting routine because it's supposed to build power. Yeah, but it definitely with, is. Yeah. So people get a mistake with powerlifting like techniques or powerlifting workouts is it's powerlifting. Powerlifting is a workout technique where you are going to lift heavy, but you don't lift heavy very frequently. Right. Like how much times are you going to set, set a, a record for yourself or how many times are you going to go into competition, a powerlifting competition? Once yeah. every three months, right? Once every three months, once every four months, once every six months. Right. And you just got to lift that weight during that competition. You know, so you got to take, take breaks in between because you're not going for volume, you're not going for reps, you're going for that power. So you need yeah, you, that time to recover. So, cause if, if you're recovering only like minute, if you do a five by five, so you're doing five sets of five reps. And if you're only resting 60 seconds in, in, in between your, your sets, you're not going to get very far and you're not, you're going to plateau quicker and you're not going to progress as you're supposed to. You got to take a, a bigger time in between the, those, those, those sets, especially when you're going into like your fourth or fifth set, because it's powerful. Okay. You know, it's you're, you're building power and you're, when you build power, you need to rest because you need as much power as possible to lift that weight at that given time. Yeah, you are. Time you need, the only time you lift it too. You are right. And plus you're activating the fast twitch muscle fibers. So it's a whole different type of workout. It's a whole different goal of what you're trying to do. And when I was doing five by five, that's probably the best physical strength that I was at. I was lifting super damn heavy. Like I think I was doing 275 squats five by five. Like I was, I was feeling great at that time. And, you know, going from, let's just say the work I did yesterday, I did, um, I was on a yoga mat and for 30 minutes straight, I put a timer on. I did not, I did not rest. I did planks. I did burpees, push-ups. I did judo push-ups. I did, you know, like um, little hammer curls, shoulders. So that it's a whole different workout that I could handle for 30 minutes. Cause I'm, you know, I'm not really, you know, using a fast switch muscle fibers. Mm. Uh, but we're, since we're talking about working out, it's interesting how, doing all these home workouts because of COVID and everything, I didn't realize how often you use your core till I started doing all these like home workouts slash calisthenics. The core is a freaking huge part of the body, man. And I think my core has been weak because going to the gym is completely different than you working out and doing the workouts that I'm doing now. So I'm definitely focusing on my core if anybody's wondering <laughs> yeah like put take core for granted even let's like you you're supposed to use your core for every workout like even when you're when you're benching you're supposed to keep your your abs flexed a lot of people don't do that like they don't flex their abs while they, while they bench or they don't you know make a make a, a tight core when they squat or deadlift and that's also makes them prone to injury you're supposed to flex your abs basically each literally it's almost every workout because you get stability like how are you going to get that trunk stability you also have you need trunk stability for your back that's why you should deadlift and get like a nice back and do back workouts because you need a solid trunk but you also can't have a, a weak like like frontal abdomen yeah you know, and, that's how- and you're going to be more, more prone to you know injuries you're going to be more prone to kind of like improper form because one side that's like having a stronger left side than, than, than a right side you're going to lean towards towards one side yeah plus you're at risk of developing hernias so yeah, yeah stay away from that mm-hmm. What else, what else do we do outside of work? Um, I'm very huge since we're talking about habits and things. I'm very huge on my morning routine mm. and I've been doing it religiously and it feels amazing. And my routine will change based on where I'm at. Cause it's cool. Cause I lived in three different places in the past half a year. So my morning routine changed every single time. But like now what I'm doing is I'll wake up. Of course I go pee brush my teeth and check the scale. That's like my three big things there. And I'll go meditate for 10 minutes every single damn time. Like that's just religious now. And it feels so good because you're able to tap into the state of like emptiness so much quicker. Mm. And then I'll stretch for 15 minutes, just, you know, probably 10 minutes to be honest um, and get my muscle flow in. And then I like to plan out my day. So right now I have like a little table notepad and I'll just, um, if you follow me on social media, you kind of see what I post but I'll just kind of plan my day there and then I'll start it. I used to sometimes get a workout in for 15 minutes and start my day like that. But I like to just work out or run or do something um, outside instead of at home for 15 minutes. Hmm. And that, that's been, that's been my uh, routine. Obviously when I work, I'm not going to sit down and journal what I'm going to do that day because <laughs> I'm just going to go to work. I mean, I can't plan out my day at work. I have no, I have no idea what kind of patience I'm going to have, but off days I'll always plan out my day. Cause then, then when you kind of look back and you kind of journal or you look back at your kind of to-do list, you feel like you accomplished something and that already feels good. You know, even 
you waking up and doing the meditation and stretching, I already feel, I already feel good because I already accomplished two things I wanted to do that morning. And that kind of helps you build like positive reinforcement, helps you kind of like keep doing what you're doing in your day and knocking things out. That's all. That's all. Yeah. For me, I was super consistent with my schedule, like ever since I started working out for the most part. But I mean, now it's kind of a little bit different because as, as you know, I took a little break in Florida. But so before Florida, um, basically on my work days, like I said, or I saw my off days first. My, my off days are very similar to yours. But so I would wake up probably seven, eight o'clock in the morning. That back when my buddy didn't have classes. So I was able to wake up probably like at eight. I was at his house by nine and we're, we're lifting. But like you said, similar, wake up. But for me, I meditate after I work out compared to before. I literally wake up, brush my teeth, wash my face, and I literally pack my gym bag and I leave right away. So I wake up and within 15 minutes, I'm already gone. Like straight business. Like, and I'm, you know, I just, I want to get things going. And then when I come back, usually I would go for a run and then I would meditate after my run for like 10, 15 minutes. Sometimes I would like lay there, listen to like a 15. So my, for my meditation, like sometimes I would listen to a podcast while just like laying on the ground. Sometimes I would actually have silence and then I would do meditate, take that way. Cause you know, they're like, you know, there's different kinds of meditation. Everyone can meditate in their own way. Definitely. And then, like I said, on my off days, then I would kind of plan out what I, what I got to do, like set three goals or four goals, depending on how big these goals are, and then start knocking them out. And then usually I was in bed by, by midnight and I'm, I'm asleep by like one o'clock in the morning and then same thing, rinse and repeat. For my, my, my work days, what I started doing a couple weeks ago uh, before I went to Florida was not only did I, did, did I work out, but I realized that when I came back from working out, I couldn't sleep for probably a solid 30 to half an hour or sorry, 30 minutes to about an hour, you know, cause I take pre-workout, you know, and that's, I think that's what makes me a little bit still wired for half an hour to an hour. When I get of course back. it is. Even though I want to go to sleep, I couldn't fall asleep. So what I started doing is setting up um, one, one task each day uh, before work. So like little things like let's say um, laundry, like I would put a little laundry in, or I would, um, you know, instead of doing, doing dishes at night, I would do them when I came back from, from the gym or I would even cook or I would make like cold oats or I would do like little things, like, like simple things like that don't, don't require a lot of strength activity, but they also don't require a lot of, a lot of mental thinking. So one task before bed and when you come home, you, that's how you unwind, correct? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, because if I, if I'm laying in bed for the half an hour to one hour, wasting my time, I might as well at least do something. You know, so I would throw it in, in the laundry into the washing machine or I would fold it or I would hang it up or like I said, I would, I would cook or I would even go shopping sometimes if I need to buy a quick few things. Instead of like waiting till I'm off, I would just go to the store, you know, in between. I would send out some like Amazon Prime returns or, or, or things like that. Or even like if I need to buy something, I would do some shopping like online, like on Amazon. Because cause if I'm, because no, I felt like I was being inefficient just laying in bed. First, I was getting pissed off because I couldn't fall asleep. And second of all, like, like no matter what I did, I couldn't fall asleep. I, I didn't want to take melatonin. I didn't want to take cough syrup or whatever other people fucking used to, to help them fall asleep because then I was always scared that I wouldn't wake up in time for work. So I just had to even so I had to pay, struggle it out. And I didn't want to look at my phone because that's going to keep me up even longer, man. I think that's the worst thing with insomnia is you can't sleep. And then you're getting frustrated about not being able to sleep. So that keeps you up because you're frustrated. And it's just like, a, it's like a, you're in a vicious cycle. And it's, yeah, yeah insomnia is a bitch, man. Yeah. And it sucks because your night shift. So it happens so much more often. Or you know how you have one of those days that you are off and you're literally up for like an hour at 2, 3 a.m. because you can't fall asleep because you're so used to, you know, staying up at night. Yeah, sometimes when I, when I wake up like at 3 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning and I'm just like trying to go back to sleep and I can't, I tell myself either one, I fall asleep within the next 15 minutes and if I don't fall asleep within the next 15 minutes, I'm getting up and I'm doing something and I'm going go back to bed. And I'll literally do the same thing. Like I will put a fucking little laundry in at 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, or I would start vacuuming at 3 o'clock in the morning. I probably piss off my neighbors, but it's like whatever, dude. Like I'm going to do my thing. And then, then like mentally, I didn't feel like doing that. I'd rather go to sleep. So you just do one task and you're tired. Have you, you can't trick in your body. Have you ever done guided meditations? I have. Um, not recently. Like they're, they're, they're cool when I first did them. When I first did them. But a lot of the guided meditation I did was for like half an hour. Like they're, they're, they were longer. 
So a lot of people think that, oh, like I know how to meditate. I don't need to do guided meditations anymore. But for like your, your case, maybe try it next time. If you have insomnia, when you have a guided meditation, you have somebody speaking to you and telling you to breathe and what to do and how to relax. And sometimes that puts you in a state of trance where it, you stop thinking about the, the task of trying to fall asleep. And you just listen to the person's voice and it helps you to just mellow out and fall asleep. Yeah. Like so it's, been, it's, been a, it's been pretty good for me. Yeah, yeah so Spotify. So I, so I play this on Spotify that or like, um, like the, those, those waves that are supposed to help you fall asleep or like the lucid dreaming music, things like that. But there have been times where I had it playing and I would wake up and I was like, damn, I slept for a while. And I checked my phone. It's been 15 minutes. I'm just like, God damn, it's still the same song playing, you know? So that doesn't always work. Like it works most of the time. A lot of times I use it and it does a trick, but like I said, not always. And so I just got to, I just got to get up and do something. And then I like you trick your body and then you just go back to sleep. Do you have your, what are your, like your top three apps that you use to keep you organized or keep you on your off days? So not like social media, just like, what do you use consistently to help you stay focused, stay productive and uh, probably a notebook to be Peter. Probably just like a, like a notebook, uh, the Google calendar and then probably just notes like the notes app on the phone. Yeah. That's really all I would use. Yeah. That's I I think, uh, using note, a notebook is freaking amazing. For some reason I retain things so much better when I write it down and it's sometimes cool because let's just say, you know, you're on your phone so much to be honest, like, and it's always like in your hand and it's annoying. Sometimes I'll just like opening up my notebook and seeing, Oh, okay. I did a, B and C this is what I have to do next and just close the notebook and continue with my day. Um, for the, and for those people that are very OCD about things, I feel like sometimes people plan, uh, people plan on, um, like creating so much tasks for themselves and they don't get it done in their day and they get frustrated because they have an overflow of tasks for the next day. So that's what one piece of advice I would say is don't beat yourself up for not getting enough done and just look back at what you did, what you did and celebrate those small wins. Like, Hey, you know, today I did a, B and C. I was able to, to do that. Like good job. You have to reinforce that to yourself because if you, when you're unconscious about things, you're technically reinforcing negative thoughts all the damn time. And how often are you reinforcing positive thoughts or positive things you did in your day? Not often. So make it a habit of, Hey, you know, before bed or middle of your day, like, Hey, I already accomplished, you know, I already did my two mile run. I went to grocery and I did my groceries. I filled up my gas tank and I got some water. I pick up some, you know, um, alkaline water. Wow. I already did so much good shit. You know, like you have to feed yourself that you have to feed yourself the breadcrumbs and that kind of motivates you to continue doing what you're doing. Yeah. So when you talk about some people try to do more tasks they can handle or plan for more tasks than they can handle, I feel like, cause that happened to me for a very long time. And I think that happens to people that take a short-term approach to things over a long-term approach to things, which, which, which is completely normal. Like we, we function as individuals more on short-term and that's like comes to us our second nature. The harder, harder part to do is to look at long-term. So help me with, with the problem of assigning too much tasks for, for like today or, or tomorrow is because I didn't take a big enough picture. So instead of planning for a week, I, I just plan for two, three days. And then when you plan for just two or three days, let's just say I plan tomorrow. Let's say I do, I plan to do five tasks tomorrow. Okay. And I accomplished three of those and I'm upset because the two of those tasks got to move on to the next day. Right. And you're upset because now you got to do two more tasks the following day. Okay. But if you're only planning for two or three days, you're missing the rest of the week. Instead of making it easy on yourself, establishing a little bit of a time, maybe the fourth day or the fifth day compared to just, just bundling up into, into these two, like it works out better for you because the task that you miss and you wake up because you're upset that you miss these tasks. And the next day you wake up, you're like, God damn, now I got to do two on top of what I, what I had to do. You're, and then your mind's already angry. You're already, you're already thinking about the negatives. Like you said multiple times, you think about the negatives. You're already, th- you're already thinking yourself into a hole because you went to sleep upset because you didn't finish, finish what you wanted to finish. And you wake up angry because now you got to do more. A negative thought is, pattern. Exactly. And you spent time thinking about this. And guess what? Now, instead of doing those tasks the next day, guess what? You have more piling up the next day. You, you don't accomplish enough. 
And then you have, you're so overwhelmed with these tasks where you have a full day off on the fifth day and you're just so overwhelmed with stuff. You're just like, screw it. I'll have a day to myself, which you're, which is, which is good, but you're doing yourself more harm because if you were just, if you were just planned for all five of those, those days, instead of just the two or three coming up, you would have had time for yourself on the fifth day and you would have got, you know, two or three tasks done each day compared to doing five this day and five the next day. You know, and, it, and if you spread out, this one, like I said, like I tried to accomplish one task before I, I go back to work, you know, yeah, like use that time. Like one hour doesn't, doesn't seem like a lot, but it actually is enough time for you to do like these simple things that like door laundry and dishes and vacuuming all one day, that's going to take you a long time. You know, but if you vacuum one day, do dishes the next day, do laundry the next day, that makes like, that makes time. It makes it seem as you're in more control of time because you're doing these things that you don't enjoy for less amount of time each day. Yeah. It might take you three hours in total, but you're not doing three hours this one day. You're doing one hour each day, which makes it a lot more bearable. You know, I, I like how you also say, um, control, right? Yeah. And what, what happens is sometimes we do so much and while we're doing the th damn thing, instead of putting focus and all of our attention and energy into it, we do a lot more other things on top of, you know, having this beautiful cell phone, which is a perfect distractor and you can do so much on it, check all these apps, communicate with all these people. Sometimes you're not actually productive. You're just busy. You're busy because you're using a lot of mental brain power with everything that you're actually doing in your life instead of focusing on one or two things that are like priority. And exactly. if you did, if you did, you know, whatever you set out to do and then kind of just put your phone away, tuck it away till you get the damn thing done. You could do so much more. Like I've noticed that focus is honestly something I've always, I'm, I'm striving for because it's so easy to be unfocused right now. Like ADHD, man, why do you think it happens? Because you could be doing how often, like, and I catch myself doing this. You're like, okay, I'm going to go to the store. But then I sit down on this couch that's behind me and I'm going to look at my phone for like five minutes. I'm like, Matt, what the fuck are you doing? Get up. Let's go. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's been it, 50 minutes. It's been 15 minutes. And that's why sometimes another, here we go. Another habit I do, I put timers on things and I don't do it because I'm OCD. It's just, I have to, I, I have to catch myself not doing the damn thing. Like I'll do, uh, for example, I woke up today. I did my meditation and stretching and I was supposed to go make a, a cup of coffee and start my day but I wanted to check my phone, like just see what, what I'm missing, what text, because my phone is on do not disturb. I'll do a timer for like five minutes, 10 minutes. Hey Matt, this is the all, all the time you have to check your phone. And then after that, that's it. Whatever you have to do, go do and take care of it. Yeah. Timers help a lot. Cause I set my time all the time. I always say, like, I don't want to set a name because it's going to turn off and you guys are going to hear it. Then I have to say it again to turn it off. You know, amazing Amazon machinery here. Yeah. Setting the timers is works perfectly well because like you said these, these cell phones they're made for us to keep looking at them to be glued to them and sometimes it's hard for us to jump out of it it's it's when you're glued to it even like, like the tv or, or like your phone or a tablet it's hard to jump out of it because you're so in tune with with looking at it so sometimes you need something to break that focus and timer is a perfect thing to break your focus why because it alarms and instead of you looking on your phone guess what you got to turn around now, now now you hear something going so instead of listening to a youtube video or an instagram you know post you hear the alarm going off. So guess what? You, you take your focus off your phone and then you take the focus onto the thing that's alarming. And then you, that's like a little, little jolt. Like, oh shit, okay, it's been 15 minutes. Now I gotta go. You know, it kind of alerts you. Just, just, just that change of focus makes you refocus off your phone to like what you're actually supposed to be doing. And that's all people need. It's just like we get consumed with, it, with this device and it's, we think we can, we can mentally change our focus, but it's not always that easy. And set a timer is a perfect solution to it. And it's such an easy solution. And you're saying it's so easy to change your focus. And at the same time, it's so easy to lose focus as well. And this is why if you're doing a, like a high level task, that's taking a lot, like a lot of men mental power, you should probably flip your phone, put it on do not disturb till you get the damn thing done because it's so hard to reorient that focus. And, you know, we, I don't know if we ever talked about the state of flow. I'm sure we have before, but it's like, you could, you could get into a state of flow, into a state of focus that's so like tranquil where you where you lose track of time and space. And that's what you need, but it's so hard to get there. And that's why this damn phone is a distractor because 
it just has to be off. Like it's plain and simple. I don't got to explain it in little terms. I'm pretty no. sure people are catching up on what the heck this is. It's the devil in disguise. Yeah. Like you're not, not none's going to keep you this focused. Not going to keep you more focused than a phone. Unless you got like a naked woman in front of you, then that might be a little different because like a comparison. What, what, what like, would happen? I mean, don't change the question. Don't. Well, what happened is this, I'm not gonna look at this. I'm gonna look at, you know, the, the woman, you know, the woman. Yeah. But the thing is, a good, good way to, if you don't like believe me, how like focused you are on these phones, like, like next time you take a poop, leave your leave your phone outside the bathroom, see how quicker you're, you're, you're done. You know how many times have you? I mean, hopefully this is not not just me. Like sometimes I, I was taking a shit and I was glued to my phone and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I, I've been sitting my my uh, my blood's not circulating properly. I'm my feet are falling asleep. I've been sitting on this toilet for like ten minutes, no, fifteen minutes. Like it's like oh shit, no pun intended. <laughs> Literally, oh shit! Like, go wipe yeah. it. Yeah, like God, that the shit's probably dry on my ass by now. You know, I've been sitting here so fucking long. You know. <laughs> oh man, another thing that I, I like doing as well, or I've done it in the last three weeks, is I completely reorganize my phone and my apps, where all the apps that are very very distracting are not in front of my like my front page. So like my front page, meaning. The, whatever the first page of my iPhone, I have no idea what it's even called. We'll call it a page is I have like whoop. Cause I track it a lot. I have notes. I have calendar. I have Spotify for music. Those are things that I do a lot. And I I'll have like voice memos and apps to stay, to keep me productive. Anything podcast related will be on there. When it comes to emails, when it comes to social media, anything as a distractor, it's in a separate folder and I have to swipe to the other page on my iPhone and then I could open it up. Mm-hmm. So I always have that front page there just so I don't get distracted by, you know, notifications or, oh, it's that app. Because how often do you uh, unconsciously open your phone and click on the app? And the first app that you click on is social media. And you could check it yourself. Go to settings and, you know, go on display or whatever it is in there and start keeping track of what's the first app you go to. Maybe you need a limit. Uh, I'll put a limit on Instagram. I'll put a limit on messages just so I don't go overboard. And I have a, you know, it's kind of hard when it comes to social media because we post on there all the time. We check up on, you know, couple nurses stuff and I'll go over sometimes. So sometimes I'll give myself an extra 15 minute limit. But for those that are listening, look at your phone and notice what you're clicking unconsciously and maybe change that around. Give, maybe just shuffle your phone around, shuffle your apps around, give your little Give your body or give your routine a break from all that. You'll notice what you're itching for, you know, because yeah, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know you're itching for social media on your phone or you're clicking on it first till you're, till you shuffle your apps around, put it in folders. And then you're, you're going to notice your thumb is freaking out because it doesn't know what to click because it's not there. Yeah, dude. Like if you want to stay off like some kind of an app, the easiest way for you to do it is to build resistance to it. So make it, make yourself take more steps to access that, that app. Like, you know, make, make yourself have to swipe twice and open up a folder. And then in that folder, then you can get it from there. Like make, instead of having a one step approach, make it four steps or three steps. You can be less prone to doing it. But then you have these magic iPhones on the first page. You have that search bar. I, I don't even like click on my apps anymore. I just, I go straight to the search bar. I was just, I was just going to bring it up that, Hey, I hid my social media apps in another folder on the other swipe. But if I go to the left, Siri suggests, you know, and my app pops up there. I'm like, damn it, Matt, you can't go there anymore because it's just distracting you from what you wanted to do initially, you know? And that's some shit. Like you built a little maze for yourself to make things harder to access. And guess what? Apple is going to, Hey, instead of doing all these steps, just type in the first two letters and we'll have have a pop-up for you. It's like, yeah, man. And that's the problem with artificial intelligence. It's, it's getting so smart that it knows what you like and you're fighting your own damn urges because the computer knows you so well, it knows what to throw at you, man. So, I mean, we're, yeah, we're, we're fighting a lot of tension, unfortunately, nowadays, especially with our apps, you know? I was off, uh, let's just say I took a uh, break off social media for the weekend. When I went back onto it, I'm like, whoa, man, these colors are so bright, like, this is engineered so perfectly to keep you on this damn app. The colors are nice and bright. There's a nice little circle around the person. It makes you want to click. It's clickable, man. It's, it's engineered to keep you on it. Hell yeah, dude. That's exactly what it has been. But it adds to me a crazy thing. And now with this whole quarantine and COVID-19, like people are even more glued to their phone now. 
because you got none else to you got none else to look forward to. Like you don't like I don't want to be a dick, but like you've been seeing your family consistently, especially if, if you're like on furlough or laid off. You've been seeing your family every day for the last like three months. Like I'm like it's not like you get you're sick of them. You just need something to new new to kind of get your stim like get your stimulation for the day. And easy access of stimulation, your phone. Always something new going on over there, dude. Always something new, new going on. It's it just sucks to it. And guess what? People that weren't dependent on their phones, or because I'm sure you know people that are a little bit a little bit older than us in their 30s, or even the same age, but aren't aren't as dependent on their phone as maybe me and you are. You know, we, we have those friends that yeah. aren't glued to it as, as we are. But guess what? They're glued to it now because they, because what else are they gonna do? You know, they can't go to a bar, to a restaurant, you know, talk to people. The only way to talk to people is with this damn phone. So maybe you weren't you weren't like you know how our parents are with cell phones, they don't really know, know what's going on and how to like like do certain things. Yeah, so there's people that are our age that are kind of like the same way. They weren't really in tune with their devices and how it works. But guess what? Now they are because they had to figure it out because there's no one else for them to fucking do. Yeah, man. And that's one thing about technology and it's getting scarier because I feel like more and more as a society, especially after COVID, we're realizing how much we're pushing towards virtual, like more and more technology is taking over. We're becoming more dependent on it. Now with COVID, like it sucked us into our phones more and more. And, you know, look at all these, like, you know, Facebook is creating uh, party rooms and chat rooms where you could all video chat and stuff like it's, it's just drawing us more and more into this virtual space. Imagine when yeah. we're going to have the goggles and the headset where, hey, we're, we could hang out with all our friends in another virtual space in a complete different reality, just hanging out. And it's, yeah, com Apple it's, com it's, com yeah. it's coming slowly and slowly, man. And, you know, if you're not aware of who you are and the person that you are now, imagine the next two, three years when you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to know who the hell you are because you're completely in a loss of reality detached from your actual self because you're sucked into technology. Exactly. Like it's, it seemed like, like the Sims, you know, Sims all over again. Like you're going to have a life, a real life, person, person life, and you're going to have a virtual life. Just like with like, when we used to play RuneScape, you had like the archers and like the people that did magic and then like, like the warrior people, right? Yep. And you always like one group over the other. You had like your, your virtual life in like this video game or, or, or whatever. And then you have your actual life. Like, you know? You could be a completely different, different person. You could, you could be the biggest asshole in a video game, but you could be the nicest person in their life, vice versa, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like me and you, you know, uh, about video, video games. I mean, me and you on video games are straight killers, man. People that don't know, me and Peter are such a freaking squad when we play first-person shooters. Um, I wish we recorded those days when we were playing Battlefield and we're just like 50 kills and zero. Me and Peter are just reviving each other and staying alive and not dying during a map, man. Those were just some good times. That subway station. Remember we had those shotguns that shot like the, the fire bullets and they were overpowered? Yeah, Operation Metro and we were yes. playing with slug rounds. So those shotgun yes. rounds lasted further and it was just It was yeah, death, we man. We easily what we we got the reviver things. We were medics. We were literally fifty. We were number one each each game. People didn't want to play. People left when they saw our name. That's how bad it was. It was me. It was just me versus Matt. We had to be different teams and shit. Damn. Yeah, we're we're straight killers. Anything that you do for the nighttime that's very specific. I'm wondering. I don't think I ever asked you. Like a um, night habit. Night habits. Um, definitely no phone. Like within half an hour. Doesn't doesn't always work ideally. But I've been trying different um, sleep time teas and um, they've, been, they've been pretty good. Um, melatonin, I haven't really, I only took melatonin a handful of times, um, but tea, yeah, the sleeping tea, because my issue is, is falling asleep. Like that's been, like once I'm asleep, I'm usually like, like a rock. There's occasional times where I'll, where I'll wake up and then like, you know, that happens to everybody. But majority of the time, if I fall asleep, I'm usually, I'm usually out. But the main issue is be falling asleep. Sometimes there's where I turn around in bed and I can't fall asleep. And so now I'm trying to do different remedies for me, me to like fall asleep better. But the most beneficial one is, is I like sleeping in my room. I like it cold, better cold. Because like when I was in Florida, like, like my body knows when I'm not home, when I'm trying to sleep. I just, I just couldn't, no matter how much hours I slept, I just could not get a good, a good night's sleep. I was there for, for over a week. And each night, doesn't matter if I slept six hours, eight hours, or four hours, like it was not a good sleep. And my like, and, and here I come back in my bed, recovery is 94% first day back. Like, damn, you know, it's, it's like your body knows when you're not home. And I like things to be a certain way, even like, 
I don't know, dude. Like, I like, I like control. So I like to have control over, over things. So just like the, the fact that I can't control the room and like how, the, how it's positioned and how it looks is just throws, throws me off when I go on vacation. Yeah, that, that's very interesting how that happens. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's your body and so aware of what it does. I mean, what do I have to say where I, I've been living in different homes for seven months, man? It's been exhausting. And it's interesting because the quality of your bed, it makes a difference too. I think like in Venice, I had the best freaking sleep in my life, man. That bed was so damn good. The pillows were perfect. Here, the pillows aren't, you know, they didn't put a lot of money into them and they suck. So yeah, That's true. How do, how do you like your pillows? Do you like them a little fluffy? Do you like them flatter? And how do you sleep? Do you know what position you sleep in? Yeah, the fetal, fetal position. Fetal, fetal. Okay. So, so usually when I'm back in Chicago, I have my awesome pillow with um, the memory foam and it has the, like the little, um, the little indents for your neck. The, the little curve for the neck, yes. So I love that pillow. Here, the pillows are just kind of like, you know, you lay down and it, you kind of feel the back of your head is already hitting the bed type of thing. Like there's not enough fluff in them, man. And that's what I miss. Um, when I fall asleep, I like to fall asleep, you know, um, being supine usually. Sometimes I'll have a pillow under, under my, you know how like we cradle the patients, we put a pillow underneath their um, um, elbow. Sometimes I'll do that. I'll put up one pillow and fall asleep like that. Sometimes if I'm um, moving in bed, I can't fall asleep. I'll put a pillow underneath my thigh, just like some random ass positions just to get comfortable, man. Just to try it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just to try it out. Cause it's just, ah, oh, what am I going to do? Um, and then sometimes I just like sleeping on my side, man, putting a pillow in between my knees. Ooh, that just, that gets me, man. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so for, for me, I'm not that big of a fan of pillows, dude, to be honest. Like there's a lot of times where I just sleep on mattress without any kind of pillows. Yeah. You're weird like that, man. Like when I'm on my back, for sure, no pillows. Like, honestly, dude, if I don't like the mattress, like, I can sleep on a floor. If it's a flat floor, I can sleep on it perfectly fucking fine, dude. And if I'm in, I'm in bed, if I'm sleeping on my back, no pillow. But when I'm sleeping on my side, I like a pillow, but I also like a pillow in between my legs. And I also like to, you guys can't see me, but I like to, like, like you know, I mean, I don't know how to fuck describe it, but you know, when, when, you, when you had, a, had like, a girlfriend or when you have somebody over and, like, you sleep with, like, their arm around them? Yeah. So I do that to my pillow because I have a long pillow. It's like, probably like like four feet maybe a little more maybe four and a half and i i kind of cradle it like crescent or whatever the fuck the word is for it so if i sleep on my side i'm usually hugging that pillow yeah maybe you're gonna get laid maybe that I mean, then you want to be sleeping <laughs> in that position but I prefer, I'm just, I'm yeah, just maybe, maybe but i prefer sleeping on my back though that's like the way to go or, or my stomach sometimes too when it's when i'm trying when it's, when it's still not cold enough i prefer sleeping on my on my stomach it's kind of funny because we traveled nurse for two months in Oakland and I basically saw you sleeping every single night and I couldn't figure out what's your you know, favorite position, man. Yeah, I'm all, all over the place, right? Sleeping all over the place, you know, wear underwear one day, other day you're fucking naked, man. Can't figure it out, dude. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, man. Someone's, some, someone fucks with me at night, dude. I'm serious. Somebody comes in and dresses me, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's been going on ever since I was a little kid. I'm telling you, someone's fucking with me, man. Oh, man. It's funny. I, I, sometimes I fall asleep fully clothed. The next thing you know, I have nothing on. You know, everything's all folded. Maybe I sleepwalk. Maybe I, maybe I sleep undress. Is that a thing? It, it what could be. You know, it'll be crazy if you go to sleep and you wake up fully clothed. Maybe I'm gonna get you one time so so pissed drunk that you're gonna remember going to sleep without any clothes. I'm gonna put clothes on you, because then then you'd be like, did I fucking did I fuck something up? Why why am I have clothes? Did I rob a bank? I'm going to put some like random shit. I'm going to put like a dead deer carcass in your, in your bed. You're gonna be like, I'm going to give you some like some Ativan real quick. Have you knock out and then bring like a, like a deer bleeding from its neck and put on your bed. Fucking what deer, happens, man. Out of, out of everything else, you know, you're going to bring a deer. That'd be scary, man. I'll put a little bit of, of blood. Like if it's blood on your mouth, like you like make you think like you bit it. Damn, I want completely. I want, I want completely satanic, and I sacrificed yeah. a deer in the forest, and I brought it home. Woke up like, what the hell happened, man? That'd be some, That'd be shit. some shit. That'd be some shit, man. I'd be fucking scarred for life. I'll never trust you, ever again. But but sleepwalking is a real thing because I had a teacher, um, a psychology teacher, and she used to she used to hide food, or she used to tell her husband to hide specific food because she used to wake up at night. And um, she was such a trip, by the way. She used to wake up at night and she used to just eat food, bro. Like her husband oh, was watching, her husband was watching TV and he's like talking to her and she would just look at him 
and just keep doing what she's doing. <laughs> That's and she crazy. Would just, she would just, yeah, sit on the couch, eat food, go back to sleep, dude. And she, she would not know sometimes. So she w- woke up in the morning and noticed a bunch of shit that's gone or something. Yeah, I'd, come, I'd catch my sister sleepwalking sometimes too. Maybe like a handful of times. Like it'd be late at night. I'd be watching TV downstairs and she'd, be, she'd come downstairs. And I'd be like, what are you doing? She's like, I don't know. And she would just like walk. And then like, I'd be like, you okay? She's like, I don't know. And then like she'd go back upstairs and go to sleep. And now we're like, till the morning, I'm like, did, did you, you know you went downstairs last night? She's like, what are you talking about? Like she wouldn't remember. That's wow. Yeah. But she'll like respond. Like you can ask her questions. She'll respond like, yes, no, maybe. I mean, you obviously can't have a conversation with her. But like, like, how does that work, dude? Like, I would love yeah. to have a sleep person on talk yeah. about that. It's like you, it's like you have like 10% of your brain functioning enough to respond right? to something. And then, then your body's on autopilot while this is happening. Yeah. One time I was like, are you sleepwalking? She, and she like, she like laughed and said, yeah. <laughs> and she went back up. So it was funny. I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, dude. Like, it's random shit like that. Like, I don't know. Like, sometimes I would be chilling, like, because we have another living room upstairs at my parents' house. Like, somebody should walk in and, like, like, it was, I mean, it was kind of, it was, the beginning was kind of freaky, but then I realized she was just sleepwalking. Like, she was just walking and I'll look at you and then she, like, like, shake her head and I walk back and we'll go back to sleep. <laughs> wow. First, I was like, what the fuck is going on here, dude? And I would ask her about it. You remember that? She's like, no. But then I realized that like, she's just sleepwalking. It, it's kind of funny because, look at patients you know you have patients that will take like a, an ambient and they're, they're completely crazy at night and then during the day they're smiling they're ordering breakfast and nothing mm-hmm. ever happened why wow, you just had a crazy ass night with them because they're doing so much damn shit dude hell yeah. especially with sundowners man like like sometimes day shift sometimes day shift walks in and like like he's a nice person in the world dude like everything's great like i feel, I feel fine like you know i'm ready when does the doctor come along? Like you're having a full-fetch conversation. And, you know, two hours ago, he just had his lady in, in, in restraints, dude. He's acting bad shit crazy. You had chairs around her bed because she was trying to escape. And you had to you know, give her, like, like four-point strength just for, like, two hours. Just to, you know, have her not hurt herself. Yeah. You know, and then here comes, you know, reports come at 7 o'clock. You take off the restraints at 6, you know, because technically they, they were not or whatever, you know. And then she's completely fucking normal. And that's what you like, damn. That's what you got to do sometimes. Like people don't know, man, night shift, you got to do what you got to do. Like this patient kept trying to get out of bed. So I took a um, uh, uh, basin and I took two, bl- I sent you the picture before, two blankets and I wrapped it around to make like a little barrier. And I took it on each side of the freaking bed, taped it around the bed so she couldn't escape. Technically it's a form of restraints, but it's night shift. You got to do what you got to do. You know, day shift comes, you basically make the shit look pretty because management's going to be around. So you make it look like nothing ever happened type of thing. And that's what the charge nurse says too. You know, he like came by and he like laughed at me because I did that. He's like, yeah, just make sure at 6.30 there's nothing in the bed because yeah, it looks bad if management comes and you're just like, well, what are you doing? It is what it is, man. I just don't have time to baby a per- person every 15 yeah. minutes because I got to do my damn job. Yeah, it's not just about time, but it's like safety, dude. Like, it you know, safety. like, 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 yeah, the lady was going whack an hour ago, you know, and now she's been quiet for half an hour. But it's like, even though she's been quiet for half an hour, you never know what she's going to do in the next half hour, you know? So let's just take precautions. Like, you know, we're not, it's not like we're, you know, locking her up in a cage and throwing away the key. You know, it's just like, like little safe thing, things that we do. You know, we're not taping her to the bed. We're just like taping blankets to the side rails to not have her throw her legs off and slide off and hurt herself, you know? God forbid something happens, you know? Yeah, and we... Ha- we- one of the craziest cases I had of that story and basically the, the family sued the hospital afterwards is the patient came in for an orthopedic case, of course. Right. So she just, um, she had um, her knee done or hip or something like that. And during the night shift, she was confused and she thought she was at home and she thought that people are trying to rob her house. She had restraints on. And every single time the bed alarm went off, she thought the alarm was going off at home and there's people trying to get into her house. So imagine how fearful she is. So she, it was in such fear, she ended up breaking the damn restraints, getting out of bed, freaking falling down and fracturing her femur femur head on her freaking bone. So she needed to go back to surgery the next day to get a ORIF, meaning a hip, you know, pinning. It's fucked up, man. That's some shit. Yeah, and we're, you're trying to keep this person safe, and she just had, she just didn't know where the hell she was, and she was so damn confused. 
it happens, especially after surgery, dude. You put all this sedation in, in there, and you know, and this like sedation has like the craziest effect on some people, man. It's sometimes it takes them forever to get out the sedation. Like it means like the sedation has been shut off for the last like four hours, and this lady's still zonked out of her mind. You know, still not waking up. You know, it's like no, no response to pain, and she's neurologically attacked. Took it out for a CT. Neurologically, she's completely fine. And that it sometimes it takes that long for these medications to wear off. It's crazy how that works. Like kidney function fine. It's just like the way some people react to these medications. It's insane. It's crazy. Yep. Sometimes you know they get out. They you know you're able to wake them up, but then they don't know where the hell they're at. They had these adverse effects of like like ICU delirium, but right after sedation. Like it's crazy, man. Yeah. Or you have the exact opposite case, and you get a patient from the OR that's just got intubated, and you know they pushed some propofol and they brought them brought them to you with no drips on. The doctor's not around, so you have no drips to start. And then the patient's a freaking train wreck, getting up, trying to, you know, self-extubate themselves. You're straining them, and you're, you're waiting for some sedation. It's like, mm-hmm. I think that's the beauty of nursing. It's just like there's just so much different extremes that could happen. And every day you walk in, and, you know, you're smiling to work. You clock in, and you just have no idea what's going to happen, man. Mm-hmm. So Dude, every day is a fucking different day. Like I said, even when patients come with the, with the same issues, there's it's still a whole different situation. The treatment modalities are completely different. They might be like a protocol of, of care, but everything beyond a protocol is completely fucking different, man. Yeah. Like yesterday, I did the Q&A yesterday on Instagram and someone asked me like, hey, do you have any recommendations for ICU or tips or books? And I'm just like, well, you could read a book and you could do, you know, and I've, I had one book that was like a, more of a reference of like lab values and stuff like that and procedures. But you honestly just just have to jump into the ICU and just freaking learn. And you have to learn, ask questions, fail some more, fail again, fuck something up, and you just like learn from experience, man. Because there's no there's no other teacher. Yeah, it's like it's like riding a bike. Like you could watch all the YouTube videos on how to ride a bicycle. You know, you could read all the books about how to ride a bicycle. You're not gonna ride a bicycle until you actually ride a bicycle. Same with like cooking. You can read up on how many minutes to cook a steak and a medium high for, how many times to flip it, what oil to use. But if you don't actually try cooking it, like you're not gonna know what the hell you're doing. It's literally how nursing is all the fucking time and every day. It's a love hate relationship. Sometimes it pisses me off. Sometimes I like it. You know? Yeah, and that, this also goes into play with um, like self improvement, right? And I think was, I forgot who coined the term, but he said like all these self help books and all these YouTube videos, all these you know people read and watch and do all this motivational stuff. It's a bunch of self help masturbation, meaning you you've you've done all this good stuff oh yeah yeah yeah. i'm gonna you know get it done i'm so motivated but if you don't put in the actual action you're just masturbating around the idea of wanting to do something you just have to go there and learn and go fail and go experience like that and that just that just applies to anything in life to be honest especially when you're in your 20s like you if you're like you're 20 like in your 20s like financially you could basically do whatever you want really because the worst case so you sell the rest of your life to, to to like you know uh, compensate for it and you're, all, you're also still young you have a lot of energy so you're able to do like skydiving you're able to do like and different intensities of like rock climbing that you can't do when you're 60 you know who knows how you might have genetic predisposition to some kind of uh, um, gene mutation that's going to give you like early onset cardiomyopathy and guess what you're 40 and you know you want to do skydiving you wanted to do like a like a triathlon you wanted to like swim across the lake or whatever things like that and now you can't you know because you have you have early onset cardiomyopathy or whatever your illness is so that's why like you said if if you wait on it it's like it's like waiting for milk if you wait to drink the milk it's gonna get spoiled and then, then you get nothing out of it compared to just enjoying it while it was it was still good you know in the present moment it's funny you mentioned milk of course you would because you love milk so much i love milk i actually had cereal a little bit ago too nothing out of it Something interesting that a nurse told me, and I hear I heard it all the time. And you know, I'm 26. You're about to be 26 this year, and you know, we're we're like at a peak of our like fitness and optimal health and everything. And a nurse, you know, I asked the nurse, when did he decline? You know, and he said after 30. After 30, he couldn't work out as much and stuff like that. And I'm just like, and I just think to myself, I'm like, fuck, man, that's already coming. Like that's that kind of bothers me. So. And I, and I wonder whether, you know, because we're using Whoop and we're getting all this sleep, I wonder, will I able to reap the benefits of optimal health longer because I've been taking care of myself such so early on? Or 
as sturdy or whatever the case might be that that hallmark sign that hey you know you got to pump the brakes you can't work out as much anymore uh, i i wonder i'm gonna i wonder how i'm gonna feel yeah dude, i have no idea like we can ask our parents when they they kind of felt the decline but the thing with our parents is like they grew up in a whole different country and a whole different lifestyle you know so it's kind of hard to say because their life revolved around farming which is like manual labor from 6 a.m till you know 7 p.m every damn day no breaks you, you did the farm did the farm non-stop consistently consistently so like we don't do that kind of stuff we work we work three nights a fucking week and and then outside of work we do the podcasting stuff we do all the stuff which is computer based we don't do any heavy lifting on a podcast no it's all mental it's completely different so like it's if we ask our parents hey why did you start feeling like this maybe a little bit less of energy why did you feel like you weren't as strong it's to be completely fucking skewed you, you are not right. reliable, you know? And, and it's funny because like, you know, we work out, we all do this heavy lifting or kind of, you know, our physique looks sharp, whatever, you know, Peter, you look good. I look good. And Thank it's you. like, yeah, no problem. Man. And then it's like, my dad takes me to construction and he tells me to go break some cement with a sledgehammer and I'm getting calluses and he's, he's calling me a pussy basically because I do all this lifting, but I can't, you know, use a hammer. So it's funny how they have different strengths as well, you know, with those things and, we're just used to, you know, being more, not more stagnant, but we're just, we're, we're a different breed, man. It's a different, yeah. it's different from farmland. Yeah. Like your dad might be able to hit a, hit a jackhammer better than you or, or like, you know, those is it, big hammers are called jackhammers, right? No, jackhammer is the machine. A sledgehammer. Yeah, sledgehammer, yeah. They might be able to use a sledgehammer better, but I'm sure you could deadlift more than him. You know, it's, it's different. You know, it just, Dave did that, those repetitions more times than you. That's really all it is. You know, like, I'm sure I could cut trees better than most people, you know, because I've been goddamn dude cutting rest of my parents' lock court. Every fall season, every spring season, we had to go to someone's yard, cut down the damn tree just so we get a firewood, you know, to do Did you use a chainsaw or was it an axe? So, this, so bef- the actual tree itself is a chainsaw, but then the rest of it, branches, you, you cut with an axe. When, so the tree itself, chainsaw, but when you, we brought it back, and of course, we cover the chainsaw with smaller pieces, but when we're actually getting ready for firewood, that's, we use an axe. Okay. Good but to then, know. but now we have a wood splitter. It's an action machine that splits the wood for you. You just push down his lever and it splits it for you. Okay. I've done, it be- I've done it before because in Poland, um, it's cool. I, I, I love being raised in a different culture because in Poland, you have basically a lot. And those are your trees. Do whatever the hell you want with them. And my, when, I came, when I was in Poland like three years ago, my cousin you know, they're chopping wood down and they need it for winter for the fireplace. And that's exactly what we did. They, we had a wood splitter and we would just, just freaking cut trees for like three, four hours straight, loading up yeah, a damn uh, trailer, man. That was, that, that's hard labor. Yeah. We literally, we literally probably spent two weekends just so we could stock up on for like the whole, whole summer or even for winter because my parents have a fireplace too, so they want wood for that. So you literally devote two Saturdays in, in the month and you would just like cut as much as possible. I think, I think this few seasons. I think this is why culturally too, and it could be Mexican or Indian or whatever it is, like I'm referencing Polish people. This is why probably, you know, they busted their ass all day out on the farm and they came home and ate these soups and ate these meals. And now they're like, there's nothing better in the world than this soup, you know, because they got, they, it felt so good having that reward after doing such hard labor that they're kind of hardwired to love their food so much. If you think about it culturally. Yeah. What I've noticed as I got older is, I've gotten to like more appreciation for like long-term projects, you could say, because when you're at it, like when you're like a kid, let's say, let's say like you're in your teens and you're cutting wood, that's just pain in the ass. Cause it's, first of all, it's hard. You don't want to be there because none of your friends are there. It's just your dad and his, and his buddies. Like you don't want to talk to them. They don't want to fucking, well, yeah, basically you, they don't want, you don't want to talk to them. They don't want to talk to you because you guys are not in the comment because these guys are in their forties and you're a fucking 16 little piece of shit that's just here for help. Yeah, you know? and he's and, and he's drinking and smoking cigarettes. Yeah, and you know, and they might have their. Sometimes they bring their kids that are the same age that you could that you could relate. But it's like you, nobody wants to fucking be there. Like they want to be there because that's like you know, that's like them doing their shit. Like right now, like our last time I cut down a tree was probably when I was like twenty two, when I was like cutting trees down with my dad, and I actually fucking enjoyed it, dude. Like it was actually fucking fun. Like you got a good sweat and you got a good workout and just made you feel manly. And like, just, and the main reason why it felt good is because like. When you get older, you have a more long-term approach to things. Like you could see the outcome and you can see it better. You know, because like I said, as a teenager, all you see is a now. 
you're just like, I got to be here now. It sucks. I don't want to be here. It's hot. We're cutting trees. There's bugs. There's mosquitoes. I'm sweating my ass off. I could be at a pool. Everyone's out of pool. Why the fuck do I got to be here? You know, like fuck these trees. I don't, I don't care about these trees. I don't care if my parents have wood in the fireplace because they want to like, like enjoy like a glass of wine by the fireplace. Like I don't care about that. But now it's a, now when I went in like my twenties, it's like, this is actually pretty fun. Like I'm getting a good work. Like, like I said, I'm cutting down these trees and guess what? The end result is going to be fucking wood that I, that I could burn. And it makes you feel good. Like, the, like these long projects that take long to accomplish, like they make you feel better because you know, you, you devote a lot of time for it. And like you pay attention to how much strain you're devoting or how much amount of time you devote to this. And you see the end result back when you're younger, your brain was as developed and you couldn't really see the long-term effects. You that's, are, why, you are. that's why teenagers make these spontaneous decisions. Like how many bad decisions you, have you made when you're a teenager? Horrible. Why? Because you didn't realize the repercussions of it long-term or what's going to happen to you next week or even that in six hours, your parents are going to bitch you. I just did it because, hey, let's fucking do it. You didn't even let me answer. You knew I was doing bad decisions, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't want, I don't want you to add to the fire. You know, I don't want your legal issues. Yeah. But now, yeah, especially when, like, when I speed it. When you're a teenager, you fucking want to go fast all the time. Now it's like, hey, let me take a look. Make sure there's no cops around because I don't want to fucking pay 60 bucks for a ticket. Then I got to get pulled over. Then I got to deal with the cop. Then I have to... You know, do this, do this. I got to pay. But when you're a teenager, you're just like, fuck it. I want to go fast. And boom, I'm going fast. Now it's like, you know, fuck it. I'd rather go to 65 and not deal with all this fucking aftermath that I have to take care of, you know, if I get a ticket. And you make, you make a very good point. And just to kind of circle back when you talked about when you're older, you look at, um, you have more of a vision, right? You're looking at more of an outward approach, like let's okay. just say weeks on, months on, long term. There you go. Um, same thing happens with like your routines, right? Like it's cool if you're planning your day and your two days, whatever. And Hey, these are the tasks you need two to three days to be done. But you also need that long-term approach. You need a vision, you need an end goal. You need to figure out what you're striving for in those days and days out. Right. Of course you shouldn't look at what I, what do I got to do next week? Cause I'll frustrate you. So figure out what you got to do today and tomorrow. But you also at a macro level, you have to be looking at what you're trying to accomplish as the long goal, right? And then you have to love the process of it, of course. So you break down that long goal into short, you know, a short-term goal. We have to figure out what you're going for because then, you, then you're not going to have any focus or sense of direction. And that also kind of sucks, you know, to wrap, wrap around habits based on what you, you know, yeah. the story that you heard. Yeah, it's still kind of hard for us to see like the long-term, long-term success of us because we're at 20. So the longest long-term thing you could say we did is probably college you know yeah the three three years plus prerequisites or four years plus prerequisites so that's the longest thing we've achieved so far in our life like you know like our podcast is still considered short-term compared to that yeah because it's only been a year exactly so there's a way to like your mid-30s then you're going to even have a greater appreciation for these long-term projects and long-term success because guess what in 10 years from now we're going to see hey what we did in these, t- these 10 years led to this you're just like oh shit now, if I try this and I can do it for 10 years, this is what the outcome is going to be. You're going to have a, have a better kind of visual on like what you created and what paid off and what didn't because you're actually going to see the end results. You know? Yeah. Like honestly, like nursing school, it's, you're talking about accomplishments. It freaking sucked so much. But if you think about it, it armed us with so much grit and perseverance that now we could apply it to a lot of concepts in life. Mm. Like, for example, um, you know, outside of what we do and our habits, we also have to run a podcast and we have to be completely organized because we would lose our shit, right? Like, or, you know, we're doing a day in, day out. It's like, shit, you know, you know, people aren't listening. Like, when are we going to get some, you know, whatever listeners and all that? Like, that took a lot of time and perseverance. And like nursing school teaches you just swallow your damn pride and just keep on pushing, you know? And that, how long did it take? Four years worth of school, right? To get things done and doing chemistry organic chem mm-hmm. fuck organic chem um like, I like it just, organic chem fuck it, you. it was a uh, yeah you know fuck you too man but those <laughs> but those carbon molecules just freaking uh it sucked so bad i had to cheat a little bit during organic chem to be honest man. carbon-based molecules man what's up are we all carbon-based molecules yeah organic chem is highly focused on organic um or carbon molecules yeah I lost my train of thought, man. Um, but, but long story short is nursing school and school in general could arm you with, you know, the perseverance and the grit to accomplish those tasks. And it, and it teaches you that, hey, it's going to take some time and you just have to slow down and just enjoy the damn moment. Like a lot of people in their heads, they're already wanting the damn goal, but they're not falling in love 
with the process of actually doing that damn thing, you know? Yeah. Like, like you have to, yeah, you have to love those little things. It's just like working out. Sometimes when I'm working out, I'm just like, oh, like these push-ups suck so bad. Just love it. Just love it because you know you're growing just every single freaking, every single time you're going down and up, just feel the damn fire, feel the damn muscle hurting, but just know deep inside this is for the greater good and just, just keep on you know, hammering them out. You're not going to see a result from 20 push-ups, but if you do 20 push-ups for 100 days straight, you might see a little bit of a you know, titty action. It's going to bounce up and down. There you go, dog. And that's a good way to end it, man. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing much better than ending on some titty action, you know? <laughs> oh, man. I'm just cracking up. You, you always have to, break, you have to have to break dice with, yeah. I would say that a gay baby was born, but nowadays technically oh, yeah. that's wrong to say. And I can't even say that because I would offend people. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. I haven't said that in a while. Like, so I said it anyway. We used to say that in grade school all the time. Yeah. Now it's not a norm, bro. It's funny because I actually said it in, um, when I was in the hospital, there was somebody like, hey, who's ready to take their lunch? And then <laughs> the charge nurse walked by. No one responded. Everybody's doing their thing. And I'm like, oh, I think a gay baby was born. <laughs> and, uh, but then I mentioned, oh, I don't think it's a, um, socially appropriate to say that anymore. And we kind of laughed about it and talked about it. So, yeah, I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's okay to say anymore, man. I don't know. What's okay? What's not okay? Who, who knows, dude? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, but, but if you're offended by that, take your sensitive ass somewhere else. I don't like you, you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but just make sure you have a good comment, though. Hit the like button. Hit the like button, yeah. So, guys, thank you for listening. I feel like we talked about some habits and went off topic, and that's, that's the love here. Love, flowing good ideas. Tune in next week. Comment, subscribe, like. We got a lot of good things happening. Um, we'll talk more about Whoop and why we affiliate with them, but me and Peter pick out um, our affiliates, and we put our time, and we actually choose things that we actually enjoy. Um, I think in the show notes, there's going to be a link if you want to um, subscribe for whoop and kind of join our team. That's something that we're working on. And I think we should touch about it a whole other episode and talk about it. So we'll do that. Yeah, anything, want, any, anything you want to end on Pete? Yeah. I mean, guys, just give the whoop and a try. I mean, if like you hit the link that we provide, you get well, like one month free. If you don't like it with, with that month, you know, just return it. You get to keep the strap. You just don't get the subscription. You know, it's not, you don't pay for the strap. You just pay subscription monthly, which is like 30 bucks a month. But if you want support us, you get your first month free on us. So just hit the link. And if you don't like it, tell us why you don't like it. And then just throw it away. So guys, throw it away. That. we'll see you guys next week.